ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. Now is our time. Yes, it is our time now to lead more powerfully, consciously and collaboratively in ways that make our world and our organizations better today and for our future. By listening to this broadcast, I know you are making this essential shift right now. Welcome, listeners. Welcome, Romania. Welcome, France. Welcome, California. Today's show is titled, Be Aware. In my upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, I set out 10 steps that are essential to successful collaboration. Last week, we talked about set intention. Take a look at my website for all the listings of the, of the episodes, davidbsavage.com. During the next shows, we will continue to uh, work through these 10 steps, one episode per step, plus some extras in the 15-week series. So be aware. This show also features a world leader in conflict resolution and organizational development, and two leaders in business and Aboriginal development. I'm so honored and gratified that they've the three have chosen to be with us today. And just a note, I've got 39 guests in the 15 shows in the fall uh, program. Nobody's charging, nobody's paying. This is our gift to you. They are also my friends. And examples I bring forward is tremendous collaborative leadership for organizations, for you, and for our future. Our feature guests today are Ken Cloak, Santa Monica, California. Amongst the many things that Ken's achieved and done for us, is he's a founder of Mediators Beyond Borders. We also have Cheryl Cardinal of Calgary, Indigenous Energy, and Ryan Robb of Calgary. He's the former Chief Executive Officer of the Treaty 7 Corporation, which is a corporation that brings together all of the First Nations in southern Alberta for business development and collaboration amongst those nations. Key messages for today. One, engage with others with an open heart. Two, learn about other cultures and how to best collaborate with them. It's not all about me. Connect with them. Third key message, decisions you make as a leader can have outcomes that you never dreamed of or had nightmares about. In our first show about a month ago, our Outrage of the Week focused on the little Syrian boy, Alan, his death and that of his brother and mother. Last night, I attended the University of Alberta President's Dinner with Alberta Heart and Stroke Foundation CEO Donna Hastings. I want to give a shout out to all the leaders who find positive ways to respond to tragedy. David Turpin, the new president of the University of Alberta, woke up early September and read about Alan. He realized we 
must be part of the solution. Not a judgment, not a, well, it's too bad for him. How can this happen? Within two days, the University of Alberta approved and announced a program to fund and support Syrian refugees that attend the university. Now that is agile, responsive, and inspiring. Thank you, David Turpin and the University of Alberta. That's a great show of collaborative leadership, agility. You got it done within two days, and it was over a weekend. See how we may respond to outrages? See what leaders do and cho- choose. Leaders like Ken Cloak, our featured guest this week, see and then do. They do positive, respectful, and collaborative acts. They believe in organizational freedom, integrity, and agility. Here's an excerpt from Kenneth Cloak's fine book, The Dance of Opposites, Explorations in Mediation, Dialogue, and Conflict Resolution Systems Design. Fundamentally, the role of leaders in an organizational democracy is to expand the number of degrees of organizational freedom and orchestrate these elements to create learning relationships that link people across artificial boundaries. Organizational separations and divisions that are not integrated produce role confusions, feelings of irresponsibility, misunderstanding, stereotypes, conflicts, and internal dissension, which can be used to justify and rationalize bureaucratic divisions and hierarchical control. Every organizational division is simply a different way of understanding, processing, and solving common problems. The task of democratic leaders is to reveal the whole to each of its part, parts and to integrate the concerns of all into a single synergistic, strategically integrated, integrated whole. Do you understand that? The task of democratic leaders is to reveal the whole and each of its parts, and to integrate the concerns of all into a single, synergistic, strategically integrated whole. Now that, uh, that just makes so much sense to me. Ken Cloak makes so much sense to me. He's a passionate man, the dance of opposites, the conflict revolution, he is doing great work. So what I want to do now is send you over to an interview that uh, Ken and I did uh, prior to this uh, live show. Listen up to Ken Cloak. He has uh, an amazing heart, an amazing wisdom. He works around the world, and mostly we can learn to be synergistically, strategically integrated. And now, our interview with Ken Cloak. This is David Savage, uh, author of Breakthrough to Yes, with a good friend and uh, a mentor, somebody I highly uh, recommend and respect, Kenneth Cloak. Uh, Ken is the director of the Center for Dispute Resolution. He's a founder of Mediators Beyond Borders. He's a mediator, an arbitrator, a facilitator, coach, consultant, trainer, and he specializes in communication, resolving complex multi-party disputes of all sorts. The, the most recent book that I read of Ken's 
is the dance of opposites. So if you, if you go to uh, uh, Ken's uh, website or Google him, you will find this is a very wise and, and uh, uh, great spirit for our world. Uh, but enough of me trying to uh, tell you how much I love you, Ken. Um, can you introduce yourself uh, to our listeners? Well, thank you very much, Dave. It was very kind and generous. Um, I have been um, working in the fields of collaboration and conflict resolution for, um, I think, nearly all my life, but professionally, certainly for the last 35 years. And um, I think what's most interesting about it is that it has a variety of different forms um, that activity assumes, but beneath that activity, there's a lot that's in common between all the different things that you mentioned, between mediation, facilitation, coaching, um, dialogue, uh, and various uh, of what I think of as the collaborative arts and sciences. And that's my passion and my work. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. And what is it about what people call collaboration that is so often misleading? Well, I think the first thing that's misleading is that there is a single thing that is known as collaboration. Uh, we can certainly think of it as singular, but we can also think of it as having a kind of infinite number of manifestations. Um, so there are small-scale collaborations which we engage in uh, every time we have a conversation. Um, there are larger converse, uh, collaborations that we engage in, in communities and families. Um, and what we have a hard time, I think, imagining is how far exactly this can go. Um, what is the deepest level of our collaboration? Um, what's the highest um, uh, achievement that we can make in this field? Um, and I think when we begin to think in those terms, we begin to see all of life completely differently. Um, and um, what we then, I think, see is that the collaborative project, if we can call it that, um, is one that has been building over the course of human history um, and has yet to realize uh, complete fruition. Do, do you see this, Ken, as a, a building evolutionary uh, positive progression then towards uh, collaborative leadership and a collaborative culture? I do. However, we have to talk a little bit for a moment about what progress means in this context. The reality is that there are two fundamental forces uh, that drive us, and it's the conflict between those forces that end up creating a kind of two steps forward, one step back um, um, outcome when it comes to collaboration. And the first of those forces is the force that unites us, um, that brings us together, uh, that touches us in our hearts, uh, that allows us to connect at a deep fundamental level. We can think of this as the force of love, um, the force of spirituality, the, spirit, the force of heart, 
there are a number of different ways that we can describe it, but essentially, they're all essentially the same. They're, they're the thing that brings us together. But when we come together, um, we don't just come together into, in a single unit. We have unity and we have diversity. Um, and the most wonderful thing about diversity uh, is not just that it's uh, a nice thing to have, uh, uh, but that it allows us to achieve higher orders of unity. So um, diversity on the one hand creates the basis for conflict and unity creates the basis for resolution. And that's why it's a dance. It's always been a dance. It will always be a dance. Uh, what we want to do is to learn how to dance um, and to do it in, with the greatest style that we possibly can be bring to it to become, if you will, the Fred Astaire's uh, of our conflicts. Wonderful and, and uh, so well stated in the Dance of Opposites. Mm. What? So we've talked about the progress and, and the the big dream of of collaborative culture and, and leadership and and spirit. Let's get a little more tangible. What's the value of collaboration? Why do it? Well, I think if we uh, imagine collaborative on a lar- collaboration on a large scale, it becomes a little difficult to manage. But whereas if we think of it on the smallest possible scale uh, and ask the question slightly differently, what do we get, each individual one of us, uh, what, what do I get from the collaborations that I engage in? And the answer is, uh, I get myself. Um, the self isn't just a thing that stands alone. Uh, as philosophers have said, uh, the smallest human unit isn't one, it's two. Uh, and in South Africa, they have a concept called Ombutu. And Ombutu means, I am who I am because you are who you are. That you create me just as I create you. And together we create each other. That's what collaboration is. It's actually a road to the self. It's not a denial of the self. It's not um, an elimination of the self. It's actually the highest road to the self, just as the self is the highest road to collaboration. Um, So it doesn't mean denying who you are or not having desires or wishes. It means adding your desires and wishes to other people's desires and wishes in a way that's constructive um, and produces a higher order of outcome. Yeah, so the the sum is truly greater than all the parts or... Your collaboration is not compromise, it's actually creation. It's part of what I'm hearing. Beautifully said. Ken, as we close this interview, uh, how do people find out more about your work, uh, how to connect with you? How do, how do they connect into your network? Well, um, probably the first way of doing it would be to check out uh, my website, which needs a little work. Uh, It's not uh, quite uh, up to snuff yet, 
but it's kennethcloak.com or check out any of the books that I've written. Uh, the one that you mentioned, The Dance of Opposites, is a good one to start. Um, those would all be very nice. I, I hear an airplane in the background. That must be collaboration is taking off. Must be. <laughs> <laughs> Any uh, last comments, Ken? Uh, well, the last comment is really kind of an aphorism. Um, the aphorism is this. Uh, it doesn't matter whose end of the boat is sinking. We're all in this together. And so we have to realize that, take responsibility for it, um, and uh, start working on our problems together. It doesn't mean it's easy. It just means uh, it's the truth. Thank you so much, Ken. KennethCloak.com. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you very much, David. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Before the break, we talked with Ken Cloak about collaboration as the highest road to self. It constructs a higher order of creation. And Ken directed us to understand the range of collaboration, not thinking it's one simple thing. It isn't. It's a whole range. To quote, we have a hard time imagining the highest achievement we may make. As you heard, Ken is a brilliant visionary with a large heart he also shows us so much about our own awareness that comes through conflict, diversity, and unity. So here's my interview with Cheryl Cardinal. And now we've got the pleasure of a discussion with Cheryl Cardinal. I want to introduce you. Uh, you can go to 
www.indigeny.com. That's I-N-D-I-G-E-N-E-R-G-Y. Indigenergy.com. Cheryl Cardinal is a dynamic First Nations leader who works to ensure Indigenous voices are all at the tables, or at all the tables as well. Uh, Cheryl is currently President and CEO of the Indigenous Centre of Energy. Through her work at the Indigenous Centre, Cheryl supports and fosters mutually beneficial relationships for Indigenous communities and the energy sector. She's a trust neutral source who has facilitated multi-stakeholder sessions with government, First Nations, local community members, and the energy industry. Cheryl's got over 20 years doing this work. She's one of the most uh, respected First Nations leaders, facilitators, I would say not only in Alberta, Canada, but increasingly around the world. Cheryl, introduce yourself a little more. Uh, blow your own horn a little bit. Who are you and uh, how can the how can our listeners learn more about you? Um, I guess the best uh, introduction I can give is um, what got me into this work. Uh, you know, I sit here and I, I've been thinking about you know, thank you very much for having me on your show. And I've, I've been thinking about what would uh, listeners want to know about me or from me that I could contribute to other people. And I think the biggest thing for me is it's been a lifelong learning process. And, you know, I, granted, I, I don't have the age that a lot of people do. I have great life experiences that, um, you know, I can, I can treasure. My father uh, was a great First Nations leader. Uh, who took collaborative approaches. Um, my grandfather um, was also a, a great First Nation leader. Uh, my grandfather in the 40s fought for First Nations peoples for their rights uh, to remove some of the most racist pieces of the Indian Act um, that yeah, existed. Actually, Cheryl, for our listeners abroad, can you name them and uh, tell oh. us a little more about what, in <laughs> fact, that they did? Because they were very important uh, uh, leaders. <laughs> And collaborators. <laughs> yes, um, my grandfather was uh, Frank Cardinal from the Sucker Creek First Nation. Uh, he was chief at the time uh, in the 40s when he helped uh, remove some of the most racist pieces of legislation. Uh, through his mentorship and guidance, uh, he helped my father, uh, Dr. Harold Cardinal, who I guess is best known for um, being the author of The Unjust Society, uh, for writing the Red Paper uh, with a lot of the Alberta chiefs here in 1969 to um, combat Kretchen and Trudeau when they tried to bring through the white paper, which would ex extinguish treating Aboriginal rights in this country. Um, he stood with many First Nations leaders uh, to get that act repealed uh, prior to it becoming legislation. Um, my, my uncle in BC, um, Philip Paul uh, from Sartlip, uh, you know, helped start uh, the Union of BC Indian Chiefs. Uh, he also helped with the BC movement um, when it came to the white paper and repealing uh, through BC's action of the brown paper. So, um, you know, I, I am fortunate to have such great role models in my life and examples uh, that have led me down, I guess, the path that I'm on. Yes, yeah, a very, uh, very honoring heritage that you have. And you have much more than that. Cheryl, you've, you've shared with me stories about your initiatives, not only within Western Canada, but also internationally. Please tell us, our listeners, a little more about that work, that your important work that you've been doing. 
Um, I guess it, it started, uh, you know, I've always been uh, a type of person who looks at what barriers that uh, Indigenous people face and how can we fix those. Uh, my daily mantra, you know, we've had this discussion. Um, the reason I get up in the morning is to leave the world a better place than I received it. Uh, I have got kids, I think about um, their kids, I think about, you know, like many Indigenous people, I think about you know, the future generations, and I want to leave it better than I received it. Um, so when I started doing this work, uh, my brother was actually chief at the time of our First Nation. Uh, he was uh, Jarrett Cardinal. He's uh, chief of Sucker Creek First Nation at the time. And he wanted to do um, an Indigenous economic summit, so an international Indigenous economic summit. And he had the vision to bring in uh, numerous leaders who had signed the United League of Indigenous Nations Treaty um, that looked at uh, international trade amongst Indigenous people at an international level, from trade to nation to nation. And uh, he had brought me in to uh, get me to help plan an event um, that would host these people. So we've hosted uh, Australian uh, within our community at our treaty days um, that led me to uh, my work in energy and naturally the progression was you could look across this country and see the uh, diverse views that we have as indigenous people um, in relation to the different energy projects um, you've got some nations that are uh, for it that are trying to figure out how can they get involved uh, with the projects how can they uh, benefit economically from it um, and you've got other nations who are opposed, greatly opposed to development. Uh, they want to leave the land the way it is, and uh, they don't want to, they worry about the environment, they worry about contamination, and they worry about those issues. And so having all of those viewpoints in mind, um, I wanted to come together and, and see how we could talk about energy. So one yeah. of the things that I did, sorry, go ahead. Uh, one of the things that I had done was I put together an energy summit. And so I had people from New Zealand, from Australia, from Iceland, from Finland, United States, Canada. Um, I had some people from the Middle East come and talk um, about some of the things that are going on in their areas. And when I started this whole process, I just thought, oh, well, we could come together and it would be great. And when I went and talked to the Maori, and this is something that we have discussed um, when I talked to the Maori, they said that um, they wanted their greatest vision was to look at um, sustainable development, look at um, how we could look at climate change, uh, renewable energies. And so um, their comment to me was, uh, if you can, sure, we'll come. If you can get people from Iceland to come. <laughs> and <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> and I, of course, I was, I, I, sold it and I said absolutely yeah I can get people from Iceland and I didn't know at the time anyone from Iceland and and I was sitting there and I said yes absolutely I'll do my best and they said okay when you get that confirmation you can send it to us and so I hung up my my Skype thing and and I went oh no how am I going to make this happen and I think what it came back to is just the um looking at why 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 were we doing it why why was it so important to come together and to share these uh, views? And so I'd actually ran into the Iceland ambassador to Canada. He's now the Iceland ambassador to Great Britain. Um, but an amazing 
um, ambassador for their country. And I had done all my reading and review on everything you could think of related to Iceland and some of the things and technologies that they're looking at and trying to understand why. And uh, it's a good thing I did that because when I ran into uh, the ambassador, I said to him, I said, oh, well, great. This is fantastic. I need you at my event. I need someone from Iceland. So uh, you need to come. And he said, what do you know about Iceland? <laughs> and for me, I just stopped and I went, oh, great. This is my time to share everything I've learned and see if there's something that I missed or that wasn't covered. Maybe there was something that he could share about what made his country great. And I made the comparison when talking to him that um, this is what Indigenous people in the world strive for. They strive to be uh, find something that, that um, I helps identify them as a community that allows them to come together. And I said to him, you know, this is one of the things that we as Indigenous people look for. We look towards. It's amazing that you're at, you know, 80 to 85. You're almost at 100% uh, self-sufficient on you know, uh, geothermal technologies. And he smiled and his back went straight and he said, we're not at 100% yet. And I, and I said, that's the exact, you know, attitude that we need to see when we're sitting here and we're looking at possibilities energy-wise, whether it be through renewable, whether it be oil and gas or, or mining opportunities that we need for our communities to, to strive for. Yeah, we're going to that 100% inclusion diversity, honor, respect, and leadership. Now, Cheryl Cardinal, as we close this interview, I would ask you to challenge our listeners uh, who are in many nations around the world, one thing that you'd like them to become more aware of or actually act on, and I would ask you to do it in both of your language, your native language and in English, just to honor a little bit more and allow you your native tongue to be heard. Hmm. Um, I think I'd like to, that's a, that's a fantastic question. Um, and those are questions I often get asked by different people that I meet from different countries about um, understanding. And I think it all brings back to um, my discussion with uh, the Iceland ambassador. And, you know, he had looked at me when, after the summit was going on, and we were on our second day, and we had done our, our cultural exchange. Yeah, we, we've together. got about 15 seconds left. Okay. And um, he had come together. I'll be quick, I promise. And he had looked at me and he said, um, this is, you have brought together some of the most successful people across this country, and it is you know, beautiful to see the uh, cultures and, and how you present yourself. And so my challenge to your listeners is to open up and see the beauty that we have amongst our nations. And I say plural because we are not all the same. We are different. We are beautiful. We are unique peoples. And I challenge you to see the beauty in our people and to uh, come together to common terms to find resolutions that we can work together. We'll be right back.
the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. If you're interested in gaining strategies to be more successful both at work and your personal life, check out Turn the Page with host Hemda Mizrahi. It's all about building new habits and perspectives. The show helps you identify the changes you need to make that align with your values and priorities. And then apply these principles to your career, health, social life, and other areas. These are proven techniques that work. Turn the Page airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. I just also want to uh, give a shout out and my gratitude to Chuck Rose. Uh, he wrote, performed, recorded We Are One and Win or Walk Away. Uh, and he's granted me the opportunity to use those beautiful songs uh, for this radio program and podcast. Before the break, we talked with Cheryl Cardinal. See the beauty in our people is one of the challenges the opportunities she gave us. Aboriginal people have such a gift for us. They have so much of what we need, and we have so much of what they need. Cheryl reached out to the Maori people in Australia, who in turn wanted to ensure that people in Iceland participated in her summit. Sure enough, her courage was rewarded with a great summit where Indigenous people from across the globe came together. On our theme of Be Aware this week, often we must talk straight with others. Straight talk can lead to strong bond or real conflict. Straight is honesty. In 2012, at the invitation of Scott Manjack, a former mayor of Cranbrook and former CEO of the Occam St. Mary's Indian Band, COO, pardon me, I've facilitated a three-day strategic planning session for the Occam St. Mary's Indian Band of the Tanaha 
First Nation of the Kootenai Rockies of British Columbia. That's my home. We worked through their strategic plan and what the leadership chose to make their priorities. This is a great model whereby the hierarchy of the Akam Band is the inverse of most European organizational structures. Akam and many First Nations see the community at the top and the chief and council at the bottom of the pyramid. Nasukan, or chief, and the other councillors do not put their name forward for election. Instead, their community puts forward names and elects the ones they feel will be best, have a profound respect for the leadership of the Akam Band and the Tanaha First Nation. I was also delighted to experience three days of planning and impact assessment without a single PowerPoint. Instead, I heard their stories. At the end of the three days, Nasukan, Jim Whitehead, told me, David, this worked well. I want, you to, I want to tell you that I generally dislike white men. Well, that's not unexpected after the residential school process that he went through. Process is such an incomplete word. So I replied to Nasukin, Honestly, in my long career in oil and gas, I generally tried my very best never to deal with Indians. Nasukin, Whitehead, laughed and said, we will get along just fine. After more than three years working as a volunteer for economic development for the band, we have had successes and failures. We look at joint ventures, partnerships, and innovative ideas to create positive outcomes for the people and the partner. The people and the partner. Economic. Have you connected with the First Nation Aboriginal Economic Development Group in your area? How might you collaborate? See the beauty, see the gift, see the challenges. Now let's listen to my interview, pre-recorded interview with Ryan Robb. Here's Ryan. Ryan Robb is our next guest. Ryan has received his bachelor's degree in economics from Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Upon completion, he accepted a position in Calgary with a supply company working in the oil and gas sector to manage and grow their division. Ryan was most recently the chief executive officer for both Treaty 7 Management Corporation and the Treaty 7 First Nations Chiefs Association. Now, this is really important. I'm really honored to have Ryan as our guest today. And I'll ask Ryan to tell us more about that work and what Treaty 7 is, because many of our listeners around the world will have no idea. But I think once they hear, this will give them a brand new perspective and, and an opening. So in a number of dif- uh, uh, different capacities, uh, Ryan served as Director of Business Development and uh, Information Technology. Uh, he completed his work with Treaty 7 as CEO. Currently, he's Regional Manager of Government and Aboriginal Affairs for Opus Stewart Weir, where his skills are being utilized to increase business through a balanced approach between contemporary business practices and respecting traditional values of all parties. You know, I'm, I'm just so interested in delving into that comment. What I want to do, rather than me uh, continuing on, uh, I want Ryan to expand a little bit on Treaty 7, and what he means by contemporary business practices respecting traditional values. 
Ryan, uh, welcome. Oh, thank you very much for having me, David. Um, so, yeah, sure, I can certainly expand on, on Treaty 7 without going too far into history. When Canada was uh, settled, specifically uh, in the West, uh, treaties were signed between the Crown and, and the Indigenous populations. So in Eastern Canada, we might have pre-Confederation treaties. Um, then what we had was... Uh, post-Confederation, and we actually ended up numbering treaties as we came from east uh, to west. And, and some of that, of course, went along with uh, the rail line coming through to, to bring BC into Confederation. So we ended up with 11 numbered treaties, and they just happened to coincide with the dates they were signed. So Treaty 7 is, for the most part, the bottom third, the southern third of, of uh, Alberta. And it was signed in 1877 between the tribes, and depending on how they're counted, there's uh, either five or seven. The Stonies identify as three. Now, the tribes out in this part of the world are large. Um, so amongst those seven tribes, you actually have about 30,000 people that it represents amongst those tribes. Uh, so that's what Treaty 7 is, um, how Treaty 7 arrived sort of in a nutshell. Um, do you want to explain a bit about sort of what we did with Management Corp? Yeah. Y- yes, okay, please sure. do. So we had two organizations. One was called uh, the Chiefs Association, and, and one is called Management Corp. And that was a decision that we was made about uh, a decade ago, a little over a decade ago. And what it was was it used to be known as Treaty 7 Tribal Council, which um, people are probably more familiar with. And the thought was is we needed to separate business from politics as best we could. And they tend to get in the way of uh, one one another. And so we ended up with the Chiefs Association, which was the political arm um, that really took on a lot of the tribal council functions. And then we also developed the Management Corp, which then became its business entity. And then, of course, what we can do is um, you're never going to be funded to be a political advocacy group that uh, is difficult or, or may call into question some government decisions. And so that's why we wanted to make sure that we had a, a spread base of dollars to the management corp that could feed our political interests if, if they were required to do. Now, with that, we ended up growing our business side so much, so it's probably 10 to 12 times the size of the political arm. And we decided to diversify. Um, even though we are Alberta, we tend, in the south, we don't have the luxury of, of living on top of fast oil fields or... or um, other type of minerals that other parts of this province have. So we ended up in non-traditional businesses. Um, so we are into things like insurance brokerages, um, high-security data centers, um, and a lot of more of the intellectual work, if you will, rather than the yeah. physical work. Um, so, so it was done very much on purpose to do that, and, and it was grown out of relationship building. And I'm proud to say that uh, when I'd taken over, about 80% of our revenue came from government, and that was core funding. And this year, we're probably closer to 4% comes from core funding. We might do projects for the government, um, but actual core funding, it's now only about 4% for us. Some of that's because of government cuts, but obviously the vast majority is, is from growth in, in uh, other industries. So, so, so Ryan, how, how, how has uh, collaboration served as a, as a value uh, add? Because there, there is a real challenge there between the, the political, the cultural, social, and the economic. How, how have you figured that out, and what can you share with our listeners as to uh, a direction that you would encourage them to take? Right. I think it's, 
you know, and this is a, a difficult question, and, and those of you that have written books, Dave, I think probably have, have found that it's difficult, and that's generated the need. I'm a big believer in in people sort of understanding a bigger picture of, of where an organization is going. So internally, we had to develop our collaboration amongst the nation, which quite often would have um, differing directions and differing desires. Our board is composed of the seven chiefs um, that are elected. And so sometimes having elected officials can be difficult because they have their own nation still to deal with. Um, and then the next group we'd have would be the employees. And the same thing. I mean, they can have... I would have people in charge of health or education or business or what have you. Um, they can have differing desires. Third group you would have would be government groups or stakeholders, and then the fourth would be industry. And I think it's important for these groups to know, um, have a common view of where we're going and why we're going there. And that's something I think comes from a manager's perspective of helping people understand that because that then breeds ownership uh, in the direction. Now, I'm not saying every specific piece of information goes to every specific person involved in that continuum, but I think a general overview of that is uh, really helpful to have buy-in from from all those involved. So for the chiefs, it will be knowing that their interests for their nation, while not the only um, the only uh, drive, would be certainly taken into account. Same with employees, same with um, government or other stakeholders, and, and the same with industry partners. Yeah, there's a there's a whole management structure there. Uh, I sure. volunteer with the Akam Economic Development Board of the mm-hmm. Tanaha Nation of southeastern mm-hmm. BC, uh, uh, and it's so important to realize that while I'm asking you questions about your involvement and collaboration with Aboriginal leadership and and success, really it's no different, is it, Ryan? It's it's we are one. Uh, let's have a vision first and figure it out. Right, and, and an analogy I use quite often um, is in Western business school, um, or Western business, we tend to be, I personally think, too rigid in, in how we do business, and, and maybe it's from um, being born out of the, born in the 70s and sort of raised through the 80s and 90s. Everything was hurry up, everything was get it done, and I would set meetings. When I first came into the business world, you sort of do that traditional thing where you set a half-hour block for a meeting, and you have 25 minutes of meeting and five minutes for notes and coffee and washroom break, and then you're off to the next meeting. And I think some of that's lost. And an analogy I like to use with, with how to do business with indigenous groups is similar to how we do business with Asian cultures. And what I mean by that is Asian cultures tend not to, as, as indigenous cultures, we don't like to jump into business immediately. What we'd like to do is learn a little bit about each other first. So that might be breaking bread, that might be um, having social time, we'd like to have discussions, and you'll find when you, when you sit, we'll try to find common ground with each other first. Who do we know from this project? What families do we know? Does, you know do you know this person or that person? And I think some of that... Uh, sort of foreplay, if you will, really helps you consummate a business relationship. And I think it's, it's much better understood when you put it in the context of, of sort of Asian, Asian businesses and Aboriginal businesses rather than purely just uh, how we would do it in the, in the Western world. Well, we're, we're out of time, Ryan, but I want to ask you uh, if you can sure. give one challenge to our listeners about collaboration. What might it be? One challenge of collaboration? Yeah, one, one uh, I, thing that you'd put in front of people to say, think about this or do this, this is what I, w- I would encourage you. 
Yeah, and, and because I've done a, a lot of negotiation in my life, I think one of the, the biggest tools I can use is, is try to understand it from the person that you're trying to collaborate or negotiate with. Try to understand it from their view. What are they bringing into it on their, their preconceived notions? What is it that they're able to do and not able to do? And don't force someone to try to do something that they aren't able to do because you're going to end up not being able to have that collaboration and that discussion point. You're going to end up building walls instead of taking them down. All right. Ryan, Rob, uh, while I've put you into a very brief time slot, like uh, sure. white guys tend to do, uh, <laughs> thank you so much for your wisdom. Thanks, Ryan. My Rob. pleasure, Dave. Anytime. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. What is collaboration? We've heard today from Ken, Cheryl, and Ryan, it's unity. It's time. It's not an event. It's a continuum. It's diversity. It's awareness. And collaboration is agile. I'm learning this, and that's why with you, our listeners around the world, I'm bringing forward 49 guests over this 15-week series. I write the book, I do the radio show, I do my work to learn. This is so important to me and, and I believe to you. Before the break, we were talking with Ryan Robb about how we tend to act in our Western business world as we were always in a hurry with overloaded, overloaded to-do lists. Rather, Ryan talked about building relationship first. Business relationships with First Nations people take time, and they are earned. Try to understand rather than force our way. In my upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, 
I use sex as a metaphor for a collaboration. I want to make an important point about being aware. Sex usually gets people's attention. When you are present, take your time, pay special attention to the other, to your partner, explore and enjoy, like sex. Collaboration is fantastic. When you rush in with only your own needs and desires in mind, not considering the impact on others, very often you finish not very satisfied, wishing there was more to it or worse. Collaboration is a way, a discovery, a journey, and an experience. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together, according to an African proverb. So the outrage of the week is Volkswagen. We've been hearing so much in the last few weeks about Volkswagen. CNN Money, October 2nd, says Volkswagen's emission scandal could be far more painful for investors than BP's disastrous 2010 oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Credit Suisse estimates the total cost of the company to the company could hit 78 billion euros or $87 billion in a worst-case scenario. That's about 60% more than the cost of the Deepwater Horizon spill to BP. And um, designated chairman Hans-Dieter Poch, Poch warned managers that the diesel emission scandal could pose an existence-threatening crisis for the company as it pleaded for public trust in full-page ads. So now be clear, we don't know the whole story, but think about the conversation, and assuming they did know for now, that the leaders within Volkswagen had. In hindsight, this, it's easy to say, that was effing stupid. Why risk your entire corporation for something as ridiculous as this? Who stood up? Who failed to stand up? Who didn't speak up? They broke our trust. Who's, that? Who's responsible? Well, it's a culture of responsibility. More people know than what we'll know. And the managers, the, the nations, the public, and the buyers, the loyal buyers, have been screwed. So thank you today for Ryan, Cheryl, and Ken. Our key messages were engage with others with an open heart, Learn about other cultures and how best to collaborate with them in their way. And third, decisions you make as a leader can have outcomes that you never dreamed of or had nightmares about. Next week's theme is embrace conflict. That's another one of my essential 10 steps to collaboration. Yes, conflict is a gift. As my oldest sister, Carol, advised me about 25 years ago, those that you are in conflict with bring you a gift. It's your choice how you receive it. Next week's feature guests in Breakthrough DS are Esther Blau of California and Jeff Cohen of New York. Both good friends, both wise people. And take a look at my website for a schedule of the entire 15 weeks. Um, so my call to action this week on Be Aware I want to share something Ken Cloak told us today. It doesn't matter whose end of the boat is sinking. We are all in this together. Start working on our problems together. It doesn't mean it's easy. It means it's truth. 
It's not easy, but it's true. So just think about that. Think about the outrage. Think about in your company and your not-for-profit in your political system. Are you really aware or are you looking the other way? Are you allowing things that you find cross boundaries that are unethical, that are lies? Who's speaking up? How will we learn from Breakthrough DS? Be curious, reach out, learn, stand up, inform your own perspective, participate where you are. So next week, Embrace Conflict with Esther and Jeff. Be aware. Thank you so much for your time and collaborative awareness today. Do you know who you are? Do you care? There's so much in our hearts we have to share. And the light in our soul keeps on shining like the sun. I am you, you are me, we are one. We are all one spirit, we are all one heart. We are all one together, we are even one apart. We are one in our soul and together we are whole. I am you, you are me. We are one Who are you on your own? Do you know What's still there when you let everything go? If you find who you are When it's all been said and done I am you, you are me We are one We are all one spirit We are all one heart we are all one together, we are even one apart. We are one in our soul, and together we are whole. I am you, you are me, we are one. We are one with the seas and the flowers and the trees. We are one with the future and the past. Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 